The January transfer window closed this past Monday, and there was much player movement afoot, including with my own beloved football team, the Colorado Rapids of Major League Soccer. Hello, everyone. This is Rev Brad, and you're listening to the Soccer Chaplains United podcast from the Touchline. If you're new and listening, welcome. Just a little bit about me. I'm entering my 21st season of serving as volunteer chaplain to the Rapids, and I currently oversee 16 other football, that's soccer for our U.S. listeners, chaplains that serve in similar ways across all levels of the game. Well, a couple weeks ago, I got a text from a friend. He named out a couple players on the Rapids who are rumored to be traded away or loaned out. And he said, oh man, both are on their way out. Those are your guys. Sorry, man. Well, I confess that even 21 years into this, it is still hard to say goodbye. It's hard to see people that you've served, grown to love, and you've cared for them leave the club or, or go on to something else. The truth is, I fight, I fight a lot to try and not think of any athlete or coach or staff member as my guy or my gal, and I try and teach this to the chaplains that I lead too. But it's just plain hard. You grow attachments when you walk through tough stuff of life as well as the good celebratory moments with people, and it's hard to let go. But in all honesty, we can't hold on to people forever. God has plans and purposes in store for them, and, and we can't be getting in the way of that. Well, today on the podcast, I want to share with you a story of new beginnings and also to give a blessing for a new beginning. So whether you're a footballer who just got traded within the league or you finally made your way overseas, coach or athlete makes no difference. Today, I've got a story and a blessing for you. So hold on. We'll get started right after this. Just a little off foot, thinking he's going to go far post. Not strong enough with his right hand. Whips that one in. Far post, almost made him in, and they have. He has the hat trick. The second in his career. The third of the night. The hat trick hero. Talked about you're not going to be able to sustain that kind of pressure. To the corner. Goes towards the near post. And you're on the angle, and what a goal! What a goal! As the news of the past few weeks this January transfer window kept rolling in, I shared with several of the athletes who were facing a new beginning a blessing that I typically share from John O'Donohue's To Bless the Space Between Us. I'll share the blessing at the end of the day's podcast. But if you know me or you've been around me for a while, or if you listen to me for any length of time, you'll know that in situations like this, I usually ask a reflective question. Where does this occur in the Bible? Or what story in scripture am I reminded of most? But reflecting a bit further on some of these ongoing transfers and loans and players coming and going and leaving, I thought, you know, where in scripture do we see new beginnings? A moment where someone was blessed for a new challenge and, and for rising to that occasion. Well, I think there's lots of places probably within the Bible where we see or read about new beginnings. But as a practice of this exercise, I usually encourage people Reflect on the first moment, the first situation that comes to mind, even if it isn't exactly perfect or the best illustration. So today, I want to share with you the story of Caleb. It was the first story that came to my mind as I was thinking about different moments in the Bible where there was a blessing for this new beginning or this new chapter kind of moment in someone's life. I wonder first, though, do you know anything about Caleb? Here's a few quick tidbits. Caleb was one of the original spies of Israel who was sent out to spy out the promised land as Moses was leading the people of Israel from Egypt into this space. Now, 
Only Caleb and Joshua believed that they could enter the land and conquer it. The remaining spies were fearful, and when it came time to give a report, those spies were kind of down on it. They were like, ah, no, the opponents, the enemies are too big. The land's filled with them. They're too strong. We're too weak. We can't do this. But because of Caleb and Joshua's faithfulness, God promised that they would enter the promised land. And as a punishment to those who had a lack of faith, Israel wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, dying off a generation of disbelief. So by the time we come across Caleb in this story that I want to share with you today, those years of wilderness wandering, the coming out of Egypt, all those things have passed. And we read this about Caleb in Joshua chapter 14, verses 6 through 15. Now the people of Judah approached Joshua at Gilgal, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh the Kenizzite, said to him, You know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God at Kadesh Barnea, about you and me. I was forty years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land, and I brought him back a report according to my convictions. But my fellow Israelites who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt in fear. I, however, followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. So on that day, Moses swore to me, The land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance, and that of your children forever, because you have followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. Now then, just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive for forty-five years since the time he said this to Moses, while Israel moved about in the wilderness. So here I am today, eighty-five years old, I'm still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Now give me this hill country that the Lord promised me that day. You yourself heard then that the Anakites were there and their cities were large and fortified. But the Lord helping me, I will drive them out just as he said. Then Joshua blessed Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and gave him Hebron as his inheritance. So Hebron has belonged to Caleb, son of Jephunneh the Kenizzite, ever since, because he followed the Lord, the God of Israel, wholeheartedly. Hebron used to be called Kiriath Arba, after Arba, who was the greatest man among the Anakites. Then the land had rest from war. Well, I love this story of Caleb. Here he comes back to something from 45 years ago, and he tells Joshua, give me the land. I'm going to go and conquer it with the Lord's help, just like I said I would 45 years ago. The passion, the energy, the strength that Caleb had back then, and the strength that he demonstrates currently, right now, undoubtedly, I think God's had a hand in preserving Caleb's life. But it's like Caleb's going back to this original dream, this earlier desire to go out and seize this part of the land that he had set his eye on. I love, too, the fact that Joshua blesses Caleb as he sets out to do this. You know, there's still this work to be done of clearing out the, the enemies in the land, taking over the land, subduing it. There's no guarantee other than the Lord God being at Caleb's side. Uh, I've never been to Israel, but I've heard and read some things about Hebron and the surrounding area. This city that Caleb is talking about and the surrounding land is 25 miles south of Jerusalem, and it, it sits up on a hill that's about 3,000 feet high. So it's, it's a little bit higher than Jerusalem. 
And the land to the west of Hebron was a, a fertile valley, and it had several sources of water. So it was a good land. I mean, it wasn't like Caleb was settling for anything. He was kind of asking for some of the best, the best land that there was to be had. Also, too, this land had a rich history. Abraham had lived here for many years. He had lived in the area, and he had purchased a burial plot where many of the patriarchs had been laid to rest. So this really is a place of, of deep, rich history, connection to, to the earlier story for Caleb. And, and I think that all these things, Caleb's request, his boldness, his courage, his strength, create this sort of heroic or epicness to the request. And, and all the more so because of the stage of life we find him in. You know, to compare this to, to my analogy with football and transfers and loans, you know, most footballers who are getting uh, traded or, or sent away at, at a stage like this, they're young. They're in the prime of their careers. They're, I mean, like Caleb was 40. That was the prime, not 85. I, now, I don't know what the oldest age a footballer has ever been sold during a transfer window, but I doubt it's anywhere close to age 85. It's probably closer to age 40. But Caleb's age aside... I think there's several points of distinction that I think are helpful for us to, to look at with this story and with the transfer window that's recently happened or any transfer window that, that happens in the future. First is, you know, there's, there's new land to be learned, to be tamed, to be understood, to be conquered. M many times in football, a transfer happens and there's great hopes and dreams and expectations that are associated with a move to a new club. And, and once one gets there, they, they have to get to know new teammates Maybe there's a new tactical system or formation. There's new opponents and challenges to face. Many of those challenges are on the field, but sometimes more so it's off the field. Consider an athlete moving to a different country with a different language. There's a lot to overcome in some of those moments. There's language, culture, there's being away from home, being away from familiarity. And so I think that's one of the characteristics out of this story that stand out to me that may be a parallel for you or someone else that's kind of gone through this transfer window kind of time. The second thing is this conviction, you know, consider for a moment, Caleb at age 40 and Caleb at age 85. I think there's a level of conviction that someone in football has to have. There has to be belief. Someone has to know they're up for the challenge. They have to have others maybe that believe in them, but they have to believe in themselves that they can go and make this change and still succeed. You know, sometimes I, I believe we feel that we can be ready for a challenge, but the timing doesn't always work out when we think we're first ready for it. I remember when I had f first finished my seminary education, I thought I was ready to just go and serve as the Rapids chaplain. But, you know, God had some training things that I needed to undergo and go through. There's some things God wanted me to learn. And, and it was some 10 years later, he allowed me to dive more fully into the football chaplaincy and, and also to lead others to do the same thing. The third thing, and finally, is, is we take a look at Caleb's disposition toward God. He follows God wholeheartedly. This, I think, is the most important thing for us in life. As footballers, whether a coach, an athlete, or you're working in the front office at a club and hoping to to climb up through the, the ranks to, to become an executive or a GM or something someday. You know, if we can follow God with our whole heart, he's going to open at the right time, the right doors, and he's going to give us the strength and energy to conquer and to see through the amazing tasks and work that he has set before us. Following God wholeheartedly 
will let us take on new beginnings with great confidence and great hope. Well, today as we wrap up, I want to encourage you to read for yourself about the life of Caleb. Look at the book of Numbers, chapters 13 and 14, and read Joshua, chapter 14, 6 through 15. I hope that you'll see in this example of Caleb, the example of a man who faced new beginnings with great excitement, great passion, and great energy. He wasn't afraid of the obstacles or giants that stood in the way, not when he was 40 and not when he was 85. And the secret to Caleb's strength and his success and his longevity was that he followed God wholeheartedly. Well, may you and I do the same. And if we do, I believe that we too will find ourselves in a similar place, excited to take on whatever new beginning God might have for us, no matter where we are or what stage we are in life. As we close, I want to read to you a blessing. This is entitled, For a New Beginning. Again, this comes from John O'Donohue's book, To Bless the Space Between Us, and I'll have a link to it in the podcast liner notes. For a New Beginning In out-of-the-way places of the heart, where your thoughts never think to wander, this beginning has been quietly forming, waiting until you are ready to emerge. For a long time it has watched your desire, feeling the emptiness growing inside you, noticing how you willed yourself on, still unable to leave what you had outgrown. It watched you play with the seduction of safety, and the gray promises that sameness whispered, heard the waves of turmoil rise and relent, wondered would you always live like this. Then the delight, when your courage kindled and out you stepped onto new ground, your eyes young again with energy and dream, a path of plentitude opening before you. Though your destination is not yet clear, you can trust the promise of this opening. Unfurl yourself into the grace of beginning that is at one with your life's desire. Awaken your spirit to adventure. Hold nothing back. Learn to find ease in risk. Soon you will be home in a new rhythm, for your soul senses the world that awaits you. Amen. Well, this is Reb Brad coming to you from the Touchline.